This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis riding out again on old Dan. Come on, Dan. And I'm happy to be back with you folks at this time. We're bringing you these series of studies now on blood redemption in the Old Testament. And we've looked there quite a while now, several weeks already. And we've been, in the last day or two or three, we've been looking at man uh, in his sinful condition, ignorant of his sins, and uh, how that man now is a modern-day philosophy teaches that man is has some inherent goodness in him and all of those things. And uh, blood redemption becoming a thing of the past, Holy Spirit conviction, an ancient mystery, and old-time Bible repentance. We see now is a missing note in present-day preaching. We've been through those things, and we we uh, now we come down to this section. We're looking at uh, uh, the victim of the sacrifice. Let's go there and look at that. Look at the substitute. You you know, let's let's look at God's sin offering for a sinner. That's a gracious thought, isn't it? We find here in Leviticus four three that the sin offering must be without blemish. We just touched on that last time. You and I are debtors and cannot pay our sin debt. Have you ever been up against it financially? I have. I have in my younger days. I'd have to call up the man I was renting a house from, an apartment, and just tell him, Mr. Mister Bethay, uh, I, I just don't have it. The baby's been sick and this and that and the other. And I was. I was poor. I told... Folks don't believe how poor the old trailblazer was when he was coming up. And I told folks that uh, back then, I didn't get paid if I didn't work and didn't get paid much when I did work. But we were poor. And I told this young group the other day I was talking to that I prayed that my children would be born at night so I wouldn't have to miss a day's work. And uh, they thought that was funny. And the Lord blessed me. All three of them were born at night. And I had no, had to, didn't have to miss a day's work. And I remember when my first one was born, she was uh, sickly. And when she was three weeks old, she stayed in the Catholic hospital here where she was born. She stayed there 11 days in that hospital. And I didn't have a penny. I mean, I didn't have a penny to get her out. The old sisters in there had spoiled her rotten. They would rock her and nurse her and all those things back those days, 50-some years ago. And got ready to check her out to go home, got her kind of straightened out. And I went down to that office where you check out, and I pulled that chair up right in front of that dear lady, and uh, I said, ma'am, my baby had been sick, and she'd been in here for three weeks and ten days, something like that, and I said, I don't have a penny to pay you with, and I need to take her on home. And she said, well, what can you do, mister? I said, I, I can pay you something every week. She said, would you pay me $10 a week? I said, yes, ma'am, I will. I sure will. And she said, okay. She let me go out of there. I didn't pay her a nickel down, and I paid her $10 a week till I got her paid. It wasn't no three or $400 back then. That was a lot of money for me. But but I've been up against it, folks, and then I've been up against it spiritually. I come to the place where I saw I was a lost sinner, and I didn't have anything to pay with. I didn't, I didn't have a thing in this world to pay with. I didn't have any righteousness whatsoever. I knew what the law required. I knew what the Lord required. The Lord required uh, a, a spotless uh, righteousness. Only righteousness that will, the Lord will accept now is the righteousness of Christ. And I didn't have that. And I came to the Lord just like I did that, that wonderful lady. 
I'm sure she's gone on now. But I came to the Lord just like that. And I said, Lord, I don't have anything to pay with. I'm just a poor old sinner. See myself as desperately wicked, sinful, penniless, blind, poor, blind, and naked. And the Lord had grace, had mercy upon me. He held out the scepter of grace, and he gave me grace to look to him. And all of those things, I can't tell you everything that happened, but I come to see that I had a substitute there in Christ, there on the cross. Oh, but listen, that sin debt must be paid. Are you? Have you paid your sin debt? You can't do it. You can try to run away from it. You can do everything you want to, get mad. Get mad with me if you want to, but you can't pay that sin debt. No, sir, you're bankrupt with nothing to pay, just like I was. Now, you can close your ears, put your fingers in your ears, and uh, get up and run outside, but you're bankrupt. You're a bankrupt sinner. You must have someone to pay your sin debt who is free from debt. Now, you, you, would, you, would you perk up your ears and listen? I'm, I'm, I'm preaching my heart out. My heart is big as a pumpkin, I often tell folks. I'm preaching that the Lord might break your will because it must be broken. I can't pay it for you if I wanted to. I can't. Never have I felt so helpless in all of my life as I sit here, answer the phone, answer the mail. Sinners write me or call me, and they say, uh, help me. Help me, Pastor. I want to be saved. I can't help you. I don't know how to help you, but I can point you to the Lord who can. I'm a sinner myself. I had to have a substitute to pay my sin debt. What are you going to do without a substitute, my friend? What are you going to do without a sin offering? You must have someone to pay that penalty, to meet that penalty of death against you as a sinner, or you'll have to pay it yourself in hell. It is. It's only two places, my friend, where you're going to spend eternity. And if you never come to know the Lord, you're going to spend that. You're going to spend it in hell. You say, well, you're cruel, trailblazer. You're mean. You're ugly. No, I'm not. No. The Bible says, uh, the soul that sinneth it shall die. The Bible said it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. My friend, the judgment's bar is going to be there, uh, and you're going to have to stand in front of it. You say, well, I don't want to hear about that. Well, that's okay. Go on out. Go on out. Turn the radio off. But watch it. It may blow up in your face and kill you. Send you on out into eternity right now. But listen, for someone to meet the penalty of death that's against you, it must be someone whom the law of righteousness has no claim against. No claim. That's why our Lord, spotless, sinless, no guile found in his mouth. The law of righteousness has a claim against every sinner, but the law of righteousness has no claim against our Lord. No. So the poor old sinner, the poor old Jew had to bring a sin offering there without spot nor blemish. No, sir. He couldn't. He had to bring a spotless offering. Just like, just like Adam and, uh, I'm sorry, Eve, Abel, and Cain. Just like Cain and Abel we saw there a few weeks ago. How that Cain and Abel came there to the, to the altar, cross to the altar where the uh, sacrifice was going to be made. And Abel brought of the fat firstling of his flock, big old fat ram or lamb. And he brought it there and sacrificed it. And the Lord accepted it. And then Cain come along, and he brought of the first thing, first of his fruit, 
of his garden, of his field. I believe it was the most beautiful thing that you ever saw. But the Lord, the Lord rejected it. Why? Why did the Lord reject Cain's offering? I have folks ask me that thing. I'll tell you without blemish, without a, without a, without a, even blinking my eye, it had no blood there. No blood. A bloodless offering the Lord won't have. On the basis of his sinless perfection and that the righteous judgment of God has no claim against Christ, he went there, came forward, offered himself as a sin offering, as a divine substitute for the sinner. And I wish you could see it. I pray the Lord would open your eyes. He offers to pay that debt for you, sinner. What grace! When you look upon the sinner and see him in the light of God's word, under the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, and see what he really is by nature, you and I, not fit to be saved, not worthy to be redeemed, and then to see the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the triune God, step forth as a lamb without spot nor blemish, offer himself to the sinner's, listen, to the, to the second person of the triune God as he stepped forth there and offered himself to the, as a sinner, take the place of the sinner and that penalty that's more than the human heart can understand. I don't understand it, folks. I don't understand it. I tell you, it's a miracle that the Lord would save any poor soul. It, it, I, know, I know what we've de- degenerated into into this modern-day religious world we have. Just trust Jesus and all everything's okay. Everything's hunky-dory. Go on home, go to sleep, sleep like a log. But my friend, you're hanging over hell if you've never been saved. You owe a sin debt. You must have someone to pay that debt, and you don't have anybody. It's only the Lord Jesus Christ, my friend. Oh, listen, listen, uh, listen. It, you have nothing that make you fit for heaven. Now, in the sin offering, the victim was a substitute for the sinner. This great truth is set forth in 2 Corinthians 5.21 in these words. Now, you listen before we run out of time. He hath made him, speaking of Christ, to be sin for us. And then in second, and in 1 Peter 3, For Christ also hath once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust. How can you turn down such a Savior? How can you pitch your will against such a substitute? How can you rebel against such a God? I don't understand it, my folk. I told my congregation here the other night, I do not understand how. We've been here for many, many years, from Pastor Shelton, Pastor Gale, Pastor Mester on down till today. The truth has been held up. The scepter of grace, Christ, has been held out over this, over this radio audience, over our Internet audience, over the printed page, over our regular services here in the, in the chapel. The Lord has been held up as your, as your substitute, as your sacrifice, as your slain lamb. And you sit here like a bump on a stump. It doesn't affect you whatsoever. You never cry a tear. You never shed a tear. You never uh, have a heart uh, palpitating fast thinking, listen, folks, you're on the way to hell if you're not saved. I don't bite my tongue to tell you that. No, no. Who else is doing this, my friend? Oh, sweet Jesus. I just hear sweet Jesus. Come on down the aisle and shake my hand, and you're all right, and go on and live like hell the rest of your life. My friend, a, 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 an individual who's saved is a new creature. A new creature. 
Old things have passed away. You you can't just uh, join the church and shake the preacher's hand and, and speak in tongues and, and go on the next day and live the same old life. It's not the same old life. Christ died to save sinners, and he gives you a new heart and a new spirit, and the Holy Spirit indwells you to lead you and guide you and direct you and chastise you and convince you. Oh, but my friend, you don't hear that, do you? You don't hear much preaching like this. Old Trailblazer, kind of an old loner. Not many folks agree with the old Trailblazer. I understand that. But I tell you this, my heart, my heart goes out to you. You up there in, in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, over there in Apalachicola, Florida, or Pensacola, up there at Grand Rapids, Michigan, WFUR, wherever you are, folks, wherever you are up there in Nashville, Old brother Rick Shelton may be listening to us up there in Nashville on WWCR or Ready to Go Shortwave. Listen, folks, you must have a substitute. Folks ask me what I preach. I have me. I have men call me and say, "Oh, what do y'all preach over?" I, we preach Christ. We preach that man is a sinner by God's uh, decree, and that Christ died for sinners. Christ didn't. Christ wasn't defeated. He came here and won the victory over Satan. And now he's holding out grace to you and me. Oh, I wish I had another hour. Remember my website, radiomissions.org, and help me with the broadcast a little if you can. Dig up that old coffee can in the backyard under that fig tree and send me $100 before the termites get to it. I wish you would do that. Tell me here, Trailblazer, I want to help you with that little old broadcast. But this is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis. Remember my mailing address is Radio Missions, Old Trailblazer, Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. Pray for me. Goodbye and God bless you. Pastor Pendarvis invites you to listen to the Radio Missions Internet radio station that presents the old Trailblazer broadcast, Voice of Truth broadcast, weekly sermons, and music 24 hours a day. For information and a link to listen, visit our website at radiomissions.org. That's radiomissions.org. And be sure to join us again each Monday through Friday on this station for the old Trailblazer broadcast with Pastor Albert Pendarvis. 